Little Jim and Andy are getting down to roots From the tip of Andy's flat cap to the soles of Little Jim's boots So pull up a chair Let down your hair Turn on tuning and get down to roots Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first Get Your Roots Out podcast. I am Lil Jim, and uh, we'll find out more about me at a later date. My co-host is Mr. Andy Watson. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you. Yes, so this is our Down to Roots podcast, which is part of, uh, which is called Get Your Roots Out. Um, and it's all about getting to meet our some of our heroes, some of our friends, some musicians we don't actually know or haven't met before, but are, we're fans of. Um, and it's about getting to know their roots and uh, digging a bit deeper. So uh, who have we got on first, Jim? Who have we got on today? Well, tonight we have a very, very special guest. I'm, I'm so excited about this. He's a Grammy-nominated artist all the way from Louisiana. It is Mr... Corey Ledet. Oh, hello. hello. <laughs> Sorry, it's actually Corey Ledet, isn't it? Sorry. You can say Ledet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is a. You won't be aware of this, Corey, but this is a, a conversation that's been had so many times about how to pronounce your surname. And then Jim yeah. spotted a conversation between you and Caleb. Uh, it was Caleb Ledet. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the, the Ledet last name is one of the most confusing last names in Louisiana because it, a lot of people spell it completely different and they pronounce it different. But the actual way to pronounce it is Ledet because the E-T in French is pronounced uh, A. Absolutely. Of course. Well, it's not just confusing in Louisiana, it's also confusing in <laughs> Leyland, Lancashire, and the deep, darkest forest of Dean in Gloucestershire. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, I don't know. It's something something about that last name to me, I think, is one of the most confusing names that, that we have. Well, yeah. anyway, Corey, oh. it's great to have you on the show. And um, it's been... We, We'll get we'll dig a bit deeper later into how we all know each other. Um, well, how Jim and I know you, Corey. Um, but uh, we'll we'll come back to that one because that's that's another story. Um, but I guess we could we could start. We've got we've actually to be honest, we have actually um, done a bit of planning. You'll be you'll be amazed by this, but we have actually got some questions that we planned. I mean, it's not yeah. just all done uh, on the hoof. So I'd like to start with just actually you've got. Just to talk about your 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 new album, you've actually just um, released a new album, haven't you? Yeah, uh, this past January, I released uh, a new a new album. Um, it's real. It's actually you know pretty special to me because it's basically for me. It's basically like uh, a rebirth of 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 who I am. Um, I've been playing music for about thirty years now, and then the past nineteen years have been professionally, you know, at, at for a living. And I, I've been going under the name Corey Lede and his Zydeco band and and uh, going that route for so long. I decided to um, venture off and, and, and to do something different um, and really kind of pick my own identity. And, and, and really what that is, it's, um, it's more the traditional stuff. I mean, I, I can play, you know, anything in the world I want to play, but my heart and my soul it lies within the uh the tradition and the the heritage and the culture of every and every time i, I do that you know that's this it, it works well for me every time i try to you know test the waters with something else i might not get the same results so i figure uh you know i just go all in and just and just just be me and uh you know diff, different look you know just kind of re, re uh redefine myself a little bit and also incorporate the language of my my family which uh it's called Kurivini and it's it's a creole language it's not like um cajun french or anything like that it's it's actually its own language it, it's its own dialect and, and is that local that local to, to parks area of uh, louisiana where your family are from yeah uh, uh mainly like around the saint martin parish iberia parish lafayette parish um like that section right there that that you you you'll normally hear that kind of uh 
uh, dialect in those parts of Louisiana. And as you go further out, like towards Eunice and Mamou and Ville Platte, then it, it switches to more of a, a, a French. Uh, the dialect is a little, a little bit different. Uh, you can still understand it, but it's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, that's basically what this this record is. It's it's a rebirth um, of, of Corey Ledet. And I even changed the band name. I, I dropped all that Corey Ledet and his Zydeco band. It's just simply Corey Ledet Zydeco. Well, so I'm not sure if you're aware, Corey, but um, in, in the UK... Um, and probably the rest of Europe, but in specific, specifically in the UK, you you are known and well liked for um, for the more traditional side of, of, uh, mm, of um, Creole yeah. music and Zydeco that you play as well. So um, I'm not I wasn't sure if you're aware of that or not, but um, over here that is what you are known for uh, more than anything else, and, well, that's, that's, and and what people love. Well, I, I, I'm, that makes me feel good, and I, I I love to hear that. And like I say, uh, this this is this is where my uh, this is where my soul wants to be, you know, uh, within the tradition and the heritage. So I'm, I'm well aware that we're probably going to have people listening to this podcast that aren't, don't really know what Zydeco music is. Um, and those people that have been to Cajun and, or, and Zydeco festivals in the UK or in Europe will have a, a good idea. But um, it's Cajun music is probably more, uh, more known to um, a UK uh, audience, but Zydeco music less so. Um, you know, Jim and I have probably tried to explain or explain the differences to many people many times over over the over the years. But many what, many could, times, yeah, many times. But <laughs> could you, Corey, could you, could you give a non-Louisiana audience a sort of a brief description? Well, it doesn't have to be that brief, but you know, a description of of what Zydeco music is. Uh, Zydeco music is the music of the Black Creoles of Southwest Louisiana. Perfect. That, yeah. you know, that's the quickest description I've heard <laughs> and the most concise. <laughs> People, you get lots of long-winded explanations, but that is perfect. Yeah. Well, you. long story short, you know, that's that's what it is. Of course, we know Clifton Chenier is the architect of Zydeco Music, and he was, uh, what he was doing, he named his music Zydeco. You know, when he, when he came up with this idea, he named his music Zydeco because... He was putting in a bunch of different styles of music into what he was doing. And he was putting in the old French songs, songs that he grew up uh, hearing. He he combined blues. He com he combined rock. He, com he combined rhythm and blues. I mean, country, everything. Jazz, especially jazz. And he put all that together and he called it Zydeco. And then it took off. And then everybody else said, well, you know what? I want to play Zydeco. So that's kind of how um, that came about. Like, and what and what era did was was that was that around about the nineteen fifties, sixties era? Uh, actually, it was a little bit, a uh, little bit before Clifton. Oh. Yeah, see, Clifton came. Clifton was coming around like in the late forties, and that's when my grandfather was playing drums with Clifton. And uh, so, and this was like pre Clifton Chenier. Like, this is this is the story a lot of people don't know. Everybody knows the story, like when he got hot and you know went around the world. This was like when he was just getting kicked off. And he started off with his brother Cleveland on washboard. And then when he decided to bring in full bands, that's when my grandfather got with him. And this was around like the uh the late 40s when 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 this was going on. But it even goes back a little bit further because when the radio came out and I You'd have to uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the radio came out around 1920-ish, something like that. And what happened was before the radio came out, it was all French music. Everybody that played, it was all French music sung in French. Okay, so when the radio came out, um, Cajun music came from more of the country western styles because people were incorporating what they were hearing on the radio and melodies. And then the Zydeco was more of the blues, and then that's how it got split off. And then that's how Zydeco was born through Clifton Chenier. I think it's um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, that Cajun music is predominantly sung in, in Cajun French, whereas Zydeco is, the lyrics are more in, in English than, than French. Right. Uh, most most of the time, but um, I've noticed you're kind of moving towards the, the, the sort of Creole creole language which is uh, which is quite cool it's um you know kind of going back to the to the roots yeah you know um 
Exactly. My my vision, like what I wanted to do, is exactly what you said. I want to I want to bring back this 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 dialect of of Creole language that really it is it's a dying language because all the old people that spoke this fluently are all gone. You know, there's only mm. a handful of people probably in, in their 60s and 70s now that still speak it. And then that's it. There is a small community coming up now um, that's lo- learning the Kudivini dialect, and which is good. There's there's some people in California learning. Uh, there's some people in Illinois. So it, it's kind of coming back around and with, with putting out this new album, this is going to bring more attention uh, to the Kudivini language and help me learn as well. So as I go on and I write music, I'm going to write it in Kudivini. So I'm going to learn as I go. Indeed. And I think with you being nominated for a Grammy, that's um, that can only heighten your profile, which hopefully in turn should get you to reach a, a, a wider audience. Yeah, it it will. Um, I've already had a bunch of people asking, "What is this Cootie V Knee? What what is it? What is this?" And when you know, when when I explain it, they're like, "Oh wow, there's there's like a, a interest there." So yeah, mm-hmm. I would I would like to um, I would like for people to get interested into this Creole language and and want to learn it because it's like I said, it's it's a dying language. The, the Cajun French is. Um, you know, it's pretty strong right now, you know, uh, really strong. Actually, it's very, very strong. Um, but the Creole, Kudivini, the dialect from where my family comes from, is um, it's a dying language. So I'm doing my part not only to learn it, but to try my my best to bring it back and inspire people to want to pick up a couple words and Kudivini. I was I was just going to ask, what what is the difference between that and Cajun French? Well, one difference is, from what I've learned so far, the Kudivini language is uh, spoken, like uh, you speak it in the English form. Like with French or Asian French, like, and, and this is, the, this is it always threw me off when I would try to learn French and Cajun French. There's, there's something where you got to swap the words around, like the, the verb or the noun, something like that. So you say it backwards in order for it to be right. Well, in Kudivini, you mm-hmm. don't. You just speak it like you would speak English. Ah, okay. That's, that's one makes difference. sense. Yeah, yeah that's one mm. difference. Uh, the other difference is you could also hear a lot of African um, accents, like slight African accents. You can even hear a couple of Native American uh, words because um, in that area there was, you know, there was the there was the the slaves. There were um, the Native Americans. It was a bunch of um, people in that area, so they had to come up with a way to communicate with each other. So you can hear these different influences with Kudivini. That's really interesting. <clears throat> yeah. So, Corey, um, this new album, um, what, what's it called? It's just called Corey Lede's Zydeco. Like I said, it's, it's, it's uh, a brand new me. And um, where can people buy, download, stream, whatever? Where can they get a hold of uh, a copy of this album? It, it's it's everywhere on every platform. Um, whatever platform uh, you you use, it'll be on there. You just uh, type in Corey Lede Zydeco, or you can get it through. Um, if you want a hard copy, you can get it through uh, the record company, which is NouveauElectricRecords.com. And is it this is the album linked with the Grammy nomination? Is it correct? So tell us a bit more about the your uh, your second Grammy nomination. In when was the last one? Two thousand. You had one in two thousand and twelve, I think, didn't you as well? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, well, 2012. So t- tell us a bit more about the the, the Grammy um, nomination process because um, Jim and I were chatting about this the other day and we weren't really fully sort of versed with uh, with how that works. But um, we just want to learn a bit more about it. Well, um, it's, it's, it's confusing because sometimes, well, a lot of times the, uh, things get changed up. Like from the last time I was I was nominated has changed now, from, from then to now. So they do things a little bit different. Uh, the website is different. The process is different. And then, of course, with uh, the virus still going around, they have to do everything completely different. You know, they have to, you know, as far as seating goes, they have to do it a certain way and, you know, a certain amount of people. So, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of nerve wracking, but you know what? It's still a good ride and it's definitely a blessing. So, so, so will you get to go this time? Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm going to go. Um 
I, at at first, I wasn't sure about going. I was like, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know, but I think I'll go just just for the ride, you know. Um, <laughs> but why not? Exactly. Why not? What an yeah. opportunity, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Why not? I mean, why not? <laughs> Take a so, load of CDs, Corey. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, so when you were, if I didn't, sorry, what, if I didn't bring any CDs, that would not be proper. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 come back to some of Corey's uh, Darbyisms um, a bit later on. We may we yeah. might need to uh, sort of yeah we'll, we'll explain a bit more about that later. That that com- kind of comes with the, the friendship and relationship that we've kind of developed <laughs> over the years. But um, you did mention earlier about your family. You've touched on your family musical legacy. So your was it your grandfather, great grandfather um, that played drums with with Clifton? Do you say or grandfather? It was my grandfather. Your grandfather. So, um, but you've been doing a lot of um, investigation into your family history, haven't you? I noticed over the last few years. And yeah. You've been digging up. That's probably the wrong word to use, but um, you've been uh, digging <laughs> up, <laughs> finding out, should I say, um, about your your ancestors and their their musical history and your family's musical history. Tell us a bit more about that, because I know you found out quite a lot of interesting facts. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. My family has always been a musical family. My family is it was so nonchalant about everything, you know what I mean? Because uh, I would ask my dad about our cousins and 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 everybody that played music, and he'd always be, yeah, yeah, they played music, and just kind of, you know, they, they they didn't really glorify, the, you know, their their legacy. And to me, I'm like, why not? I mean, this is crazy. We got all this stuff, and everybody's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, he. He played drums with Ike and Tina Turner. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, you don't talk about that, you know. <laughs> we had a cousin that played drums with Ike and Tina Turner. Um, another cousin played with BB King. Another one played with uh, Louis Armstrong. Another one played with Albert Collins. And my wow. great grandfather played with um, Bunk Johnson, which he is basically one of the forefathers of jazz music. Um, and also jazz is another form of black Creole Louisiana music. Yeah, so we come from a very, very long line of musicians, all, all the way back to the late 1800s. It's in, I find it's, in, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like you look through, you look at family, musical families, and quite often you see a, a line straight through, and, it's, and music tends to be that, that connecting link. I know Jim's family and is, is, you know, is, is a musical family, mm. and I certainly come from a... Uh, a long line of, of musicians, drummers especially. My, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a drummer, and that's actually how I know Corey and, and Jim. Um, and yeah, my my great grandfather was a, um, a drummer in big bands back in the twenties, um, and my dad was a drummer as well. And, um, and my sister plays music. It's um, it's it's interesting when you when you dig a bit deeper and find out. You know, even my gra- my granddad played. Um, I think it was uh, saxophone in the cavalry in the British Army before the war in out in India. You know, so there's like there's different elements of music going right through. I know, Jim, you, you know, you've got a, a your family history is um, steeped yeah. in music as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. My um, my dad, his uh, his first love was was uh, blues music, um, which is where he he found the harmonica that somehow led him to be in a Cajun band for 25 years. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, on my, I mean, obviously my dad's parents and grandparents, they were, um, in brass bands, quite a famous on the local circuit pianist, uh, boogie woogie. And, uh, and my great uncle, uh, he was a, uh, a great blues harmonica player. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of got it from, from both sides, which, um, which helps. <laughs> and, 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 and somehow you and I ended up playing Cajun music and Zydeco music and, and, and then yeah. a few years down the line, bumped into a, a guy from Louisiana called Corey Ledet in, in Germany. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But um, we'll come anyway. We'll, 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 we will come back to that later. I just got. I kind of just want to sort of ca- carry on with Corey's musical legacy, really, because um, mm. you were you were actually born in Louisiana, were you, Corey? You were born in Texas, is that right? Yeah, I was born in uh, Houston, Texas. So how? So, so I'm assuming your family, your, your family from from parts moved over to Houston for. Was it, I guess it was for the for the oil business, was it? Yeah, um, uh, a, a lot of people left Louisiana um, for work. I mean. There was no work at all in Louisiana. So you have a lot of 
Cajun and Creoles, you know, all over California. Of course, Houston, uh, the Beaumont area. There's some in Chicago. I believe there's some in New York. So, I mean, a lot of Louisiana is just scattered, scattered, uh, you know, all over. But, um, yeah, so my dad and his brothers, my uncles, they they went to Houston to get into, like, the, the oil field and the chemical plant industry and stuff like that. So so how did you, obviously, I mean, music's in your family, but be, being brought up in, in Houston, um, were your parents playing music or did you find it in a, in a different way? Did you find it through other family members or through contacts or friends in, in Houston? Well, uh, my dad told me when I was being born, he had some Zydeco music playing as I was being born. So that was the first sounds I've ever heard. That's, that's the story. That's amazing. That's Perfect. The story. And uh, he would always... Um, uh, like dance with me, like to to put me to sleep when I was a a, a a baby. He would he would put on some Zydeco and and dance, and I'd fall asleep like that. And then you know, and it was just always around, you know. Um, and like I said, a lot of Louisiana is in Houston, so they had uh, Zydeco festivals in Houston. They had Zydeco clubs. They had uh, you know, it was it was like Louisiana in Houston, you know. But we would always go back and visit parks you know for special holidays events and stuff like that and i would also i would spend my summers in parks yeah when i would get out of school for the summertime i my dad would drive me over there and i'd stay with my aunt um his sister his older sister and i'd stay there for my summer and then he'd come back and pick me up when it was time to go back to school so how did, so when did you first what was your first instrument i mean i mean okay i'll get i'll, I'll, I'll make a guess here and i'll guess that your first instrument was probably drums but, yeah, um, <laughs> it seems to be the way, right? <laughs> yeah, first instrument was drums, uh, just because we're a big drum family. So started off on that, and then um, on a trip to uh, from from parks visiting, we stopped at the uh, the, the best stop, which is a Budan crackling. Oh yeah, stop. So uh, <laughs> like, I remember you. I remember you taking me there, Corey. That was definitely my introduction to Budan cracklings and. Um, yeah, I, I, that that place is uh, got holds a special place in my my uh, my my Budan ruined heart. <laughs> so um, they had a toy accordion there. So on the way back to Houston, my dad got it for me, you know, just as a toy. And then I kind of started picking up, you know, a few little notes here and there. And then the love for the accordion kind of took off from there. But I never lost the love for drums. I still enjoy playing drums so how old were you when you started playing the accordion when you really sort of got into playing it and realizing that was a, that was the instrument for you uh 10 10 years old so how did it work in houston did you um did you at that age were you playing just on in in the house or were you getting out and going to you know watching gigs with zydeco bands that were playing in houston or how did that work yeah both both i, I was uh, uh playing in the house um you know when every 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 day i was playing in the house and then on the weekend, if there was like a church dance, my dad would bring me there. Or if a, a band was playing at a restaurant, something like that, we'd, we'd go there. And, you know, that's, that's, that's how it happened. And then uh, one day, my dad brought me to this one restaurant and a guy named Elsie uh, Donata, he was an older gentleman. He must have been at that time. He probably was in his six, late 60s then. And he was a well-known uh, Creole Zydeco accordion player from Louisiana, but living in, in Houston. And uh, my dad asked if I could sit in on drums and he said, yeah, bring them up. So I sat in with him on drums and there was another gentleman that was in the audience that day. His name is Mr. Wilbert Thibodeau. And he had a Zydeco band and he was another older gentleman. Uh, so he saw that. And then after I sat in, he asked my dad, he said, hey, uh, can your son come play drums with me? You know, at this gig, I need a drummer for this gig. So my dad's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And uh, I went do the gig with Mr. Thibodeau, and I ended up being his full-time drummer for the following, I don't know, maybe six, seven years after that. And how old was that? You were 10 when you started playing drums with him. Uh, when I started with Wilbert, I was uh, 12, 12 or wow. 13. That's fantastic. So talk. can you tell us about... Um, I mean, growing growing up in in Houston and playing Zydeco music, um, I think I I remember seeing a photograph of you stood next to Bojock and him <laughs> towering over you because he was such. I mean, oh. I never met I never met him, but I'm I'm well aware that he was quite a, a tall gentleman. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> he was. I, I think he was about six ten, something like that. Wow! 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 I mean, I mean, for those that don't know, little Jim, um, little Jim's not Lil. Little Jim's um, what, I, six, I six, totally six, six foot five, <laughs> is it, Jim? Six foot six, something like that. Yeah, six six five. Yeah. Yeah. So six ten. Wow! What a giant of a man. Yeah, and yeah. And, and he had a Corvette too. Can you imagine? He was <laughs> really <laughs> amazing. <laughs> don't, don't wow. Ask me how, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that photograph, I think, is quite well. It's probably quite well known amongst people that know you, Corey. Um, yeah. Where was that? Where was that photograph taken? Because you look quite young. You look like you're probably about I don't know, fourteen years old or something like that, maybe. Yeah, about about around there. Uh, that was at uh, Gabonelli Accordion Shop in Houston. Ah, and okay. This oh. was a Friday, actually. I remember because I just got out of school, and uh, and the school that I was at was not too far away from. The, the accordion store so my dad said hey you want to go look at some accordions so i was like yeah so we went in there and the guy said hey uh uh, uh you're not about to leave right because we was, we was walking out the door and he's like you're not about to leave he said uh uh, uh bojack is coming y'all know bojack he said uh yeah we we know we, we didn't know him personally then uh before he got to the shop we just knew of him so uh he said yeah i just got a call from a little while ago he said he's coming he's coming you got to pick up a new accordion so we ended up staying there, and sure enough, a, a big old van with a high-top van pulls up with some Louisiana license plate. I'm like, oh, man, this is him. <laughs> <laughs> then he, he gets out the van. I mean, tall as the freaking door. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he comes in, and you know, he's got that deep voice. Hey, how's it going? You know, and him and my dad, uh, they started talking French because you know, Bojack spoke French. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they started talking French. And then uh they said, Hey, uh, take take a picture with him. And I was I was like, I was man, I was I was so nervous. I was uh God dog, no, I couldn't even I couldn't move. I was stuck in my <laughs> and, uh, so uh he said, All right, go take a picture with him. And right there in that picture, the the only way that I, I, the only reason why I smiled was because he had his hand on my shoulder and he squeezed it and he said, smile, smile. And then after the picture was taken, he said, uh, hey, what y'all doing tonight? I said, uh, we don't have nothing. He said, uh, I'm playing at such, I forgot where it was at. I'm playing at such and such down the street. Come by and play some, some songs. I'll put your name at the door. So we did that. So did you go so, and play some accordion at his, his show or did you go and jump on the drums with him? What What, what happened? No, I went and, and played some accordion. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> like Chucky, he's he's one of my favorite bass players. So I'm I'm like this is this is news to me. So I'm really jealous that you got to that you got to play with Chucky. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Actually a, a couple of times. Uh one time he um he he let me sit in and this is really unheard of. He let me sit sit in at a festival, you know, normally you don't let people sit at a festival because you only have, you know, a certain amount of time to, to play and it's a contracted gig. You know, you could get in trouble if, you know, the purchaser wants to be, mm. uh, you know, whatever, you know, I, I paid you to play the whole time, not let nobody sit, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? When you're playing in a, in a restaurant or, or a bar yeah. or a local venue to play in at a festival, it's a whole different yeah. game, isn't it? Exactly. So he he want, he let me sit in at a festival in uh, Baytown. That's a little, that's a, a town right before you get into Houston. And uh, I said uh, I call him Mr. Bojack. I said I'm nervous, Mr. Bojack. I'm nervous. He said that's okay. I'm gonna be up there with you. And he and he was. He stood right there while I played. And I played one one of his songs and and he sang it. And then I got down. Wow. Someone must have some photographs or something from that from that show somewhere. <laughs> that they did <laughs> not 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 in the video because i probably sucked you know pretty good that day <laughs> so so cory um you as you you know you obviously you grew up playing playing the accordion how how did you then come out of come out of houston uh, as a musician what sort of brought you out into louisiana and how did you get out there what was well, the catalyst to giving you the leap into to being a musician and performing live and getting out of houston well, uh, uh, my mom told me, uh, I always did want to move to Louisiana and, and live there, but my mom said I had to finish school first. Um, so I finished high school and I, I actually stayed in Houston, you know, another year, um, you know, just for whatever reason. And then the following year, I was like, you know, uh, I just, I got to go, 
you know, I, I, this is what I want to do. This is where my heart is. That's where I want to be. Um, so, yeah, so I moved to Louisiana in the fall of 2002. And January of 2003 is when I started the band. Technically, next month, I think if my math is correct, I think it would be 19 years that I started the band for a living. So, okay, here's a question for you. When, when Jim and I first met you, um, we'll, 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 let's, let's get this story out of the way and then we can carry on. So Jim, Jim and I met Corey um, when Corey was playing a tour in Germany. Um, and I was asked to go and play drums. Look, uh, amazingly asked to go and play drums for Coyle and Lede. And uh, on this two-week tour around Germany, um, a traveling festival. And Jim joined the tour a bit later on, I think. Is that right, Jim? Or were you on the whole tour? I can't remember. Um, do you know what? I I did that tour a few times and and drank a lot of beer since then. So I can't <laughs> quite remember. Well, uh, maybe was... maybe that was another tour you joined us late on, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I remember this. You were probably I think you were you were the second, yeah. You were probably the second or third Louisiana band I played with. But it was um, the first time I toured around Europe with a um, Zydeco band. Um, and we'd done a few. I'd done a few gigs with Leon Chavis the year, a couple of years before um, in Germany. Um, but then got the call to come and join you for the whole tour, which was um, which was an experience. And I think Sarah Savoie was on the same tour, wasn't she, Corey? Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, and uh, I think we've well, there's there's probably many stories from that tour that we probably couldn't talk about on the podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but on the tour with you, with your in your band, you brought well, you apart from the apart from drummer, you brought the rest of the band with you, I think, didn't you, from from Louisiana and Texas? Yeah, yeah, I brought. Um, let's see, who did I bring? Uh, Tony Delafonce, which is a uh, John Delafonce, John Delafonce's son and Gino's older brother. Uh, he played the bass. Um, yeah. James Adams, which is uh, my Pyran, which uh, Pyran is basically like Godfather. Uh, he came. Um, and Danny, I think, yeah, it was Danny Earhart at the time. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. And that's... that's there is there is video evidence. So you probably remember the last night of the tour, Corey, when we went out for food and I videoed interviews with everybody around the, around the table in the restaurant. And um, we, oh, yeah. we won't... We, we will not go into those stories, but um, uh, it was an interesting night. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll save those stories for the the after hour show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> but one one thing that did come out of it was that that Corey has an, a, a quite an amazing English accent, which is um, probably possibly learned from watching Mary Poppins, I suspect. But um, <laughs> um, but but oh, but but well, we won't torture you by asking you to do your English accent. Um, mainly because you'll probably then want us to do our Louisiana accents and that really won't go well. Well, yeah. the, the thing about that, I can only do my, my accent if I'm saying bad words. If I say regular, <laughs> <laughs> I say regular words, it doesn't sound right. It only works yeah. bad. I don't know. That's yeah. fair enough. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, you mentioned James Adams, J, JB. Um, what's your link with JB? Let's see. He's been knowing me ever since I was a, a kid, like around around like 11 or 12. Um, Mr. Thibodeau's, um, when I was playing Mr. Thibodeau, it was Mr. Thibodeau's niece at the time. I, uh, and James, I think, and, and her were good friends at the time. And that's how we met. And then we just, we just you know, stayed in touch throughout the years. And then next thing you know, he's he's Pyran now so but didn't he when you were younger didn't he take didn't he go with you to um some of the music camps and stuff like and things like that in louisiana yeah yeah that was a little bit later on he did go with me to um a couple of that a couple of music camps there was one in west virginia uh a couple in louisiana and yeah so we did the music camps uh which i really enjoyed doing those um you know, teaching. I actually I went there to 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 learn first. I was a student first for a couple of years. Um, I think my yeah. So my instructor was Dan, uh, Danny Poulard, which is Eddie Poulard's older brother, and he was our instructor for a couple of years. And then they got me to teach um, after Danny died. They got me to teach a couple of years after that. And uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's definitely a cool camp. And is that where you started playing with, with your connection of playing with Cedric Watson 
Or did that happen before? Because he is he he's from Houston as well. Is it? Did, was your connection in Houston or in Texas, or did that happen when you were going to these camps, or later on when you were in Louisiana? How did that work that, out? That happened after I was in Louisiana. Cedric is actually from a, a, a little town called Sealy, Texas, which is maybe forty five minutes uh, past Houston, like going towards Austin or San Antonio, something like that. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, it was definitely after I moved to Louisiana, but. Uh, I think I recall meeting him once at, at a crawfish festival. I can't remember when, what year that was, but definitely um, after I moved to Louisiana, that's when I uh, James said, "Hey, that uh, met this kid, uh, Cedric Watson. He plays fiddle and everything." And so we kind of started, uh, you know, doing some stuff back then and just kind of keeping in touch. So, yeah, that's about about that time frame. Didn't you record an album with with Cedric? Yes, we recorded uh, a, a CD or record, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think back in 2006 for Valcor Records, which is for Joel Savoy, uh, Mark Savoy's mm. son, Wilson Savoy's brother, Sarah Savoy's brother. Uh, we did that, I think it's called Going Down to Louisiana, and it, it did did really well for us and everything. So we haven't recorded since, but I think we might try to do something in the near future again. So you're still, you and Cedric are still, in, are still in touch, and yeah, oh yeah. So how? Okay, obviously, um, the last few years, the last couple of years, have been uh, quite a tricky time for musicians, and certainly everybody on this podcast has been affected in different, different mm. you know, certain levels. And um, how has that affected you, um, Corey? And you know, so for you, how, how has life during the pandemic been for a professional Zydeco musician in Louisiana? How is it? Talk, talk to us a bit about it because we know obviously we know it's worked for us in the UK because we basically haven't had any work and I'm assuming it's similar fit probably the same for you um but you know we as we obviously in different countries and it's you you you, you, you get a rough idea of what's going on but how's that been for you it um it definitely it definitely is, is it, it's a bad time it, you know uh when the virus came out um I think the last gig I did was on Mardi Gras day and then um I mean, the virus just spread like wildfire all over the world and gigs just started falling out. I mean, like dominoes, just boom, 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 boom. And there was canceling gigs. People was getting sick. Uh, nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how to stop it. Nobody knew nothing about it. It was such a crazy time. It almost seemed it, it, really, it felt like the end of the world this year. It kind of seemed like it was trying to taper off a little bit, and then it, it came back again. So then more gigs got canceled. In the past two years, I can count on both my hands how many gigs I've done in two years. Mm. Wow! Yeah, yeah. and th- and not they're not even the big gigs. Those are you know not even the big gigs, just the little gigs to get you by. Not the big gigs. It's been yeah, because you you were, you were really busy, weren't you? I mean, you I mean, you weren't just playing in Louisiana. You were you were you know. You've been traveling the world, you know, you're playing all over the U.S. Um, and for that to suddenly come to a, bring everything to a grinding halt. What do you, I mean, I know, I know because we had the occasional um, Skype call or a Zoom call um, throughout the pandemic to stay in touch, which was uh, an interesting, interesting evenings, I remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, with JB on on one of those calls and and Jim <laughs> yeah. and a couple of other our, our friends from the UK, you know, and I, I think actually, you know, we although we do stay in contact fairly regularly, I think that first lockdown period we probably all stayed in touch more than we'd ever stayed in touch before. I think it was like, yeah, we ever are we ever going to see each other again? And it was you know it was like video calls were so important. Yeah, and, and I I, yeah. I, th- I think didn't um, the year before. Was that nineteen that that um, that I came over there? Yeah, you, yeah, you came to play at the um, North Shropshire um, Big Weekend Festival. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and let me tell you, that was the best festival I have done in a long time. That's that's one of the top ones. I really enjoyed that. That was that was fun. Uh, the lineup was spectacular. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. And then the pandemic came, and it's like. Damn, I mean, darn. <laughs> so you can say damn, it's fine. That's, that's not that's not a cuss word over here. Is that so? Totally okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, let's just go back to that. Actually, the big weekend because 
um obviously at the time you know we didn't we didn't really know what was coming and um yeah you you've been you've got used to coming to europe and playing with european musicians and this is something that i actually wanted to speak to you about um tonight was that i think i imagine it takes a lot of trust for you to come over to to the u to europe um and tour and bring your own but then tour with a, a european drummer but when you came to play at the big weekend you put full trust in us and you played with a, a completely uk based band mm. um just you playing accordion how did i mean obviously we knew each other very well before that happened so i imagine you weren't too nervous but really like how 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 did you how, how were you nervous about that did you have any reservations or did you know talk, talk to us about how you felt about because that, that is a big as a massive deal well, um, I, I, I'm one of the, the kind of musicians to where if I can get with other great musicians, I mean, we can get it done, you know. And the musicians that were that performed with me there were great musicians. It doesn't matter, you know, where, where you're from. You know, I, I hear a lot of people from Louisiana tell other people, oh, you have to be born and raised in Louisiana to do this and play like this and sound like this. No, that is incorrect. If you're a good musician and you love what you do and you want it, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can play it. And the musicians that played with me there, they they played it, you know, and, and that's just how that's the kind of musician I am. Uh, also, throughout the years, I've been I've played with a lot of musicians that were not good. So that meant that I would have to come down to their level in order to make it sound anywhere halfway decent. Mm-hmm. If I was trying to bring them up to where I was, it would be a train wreck. So I had to come, I would have to come down. And not only that, I've played with musicians that absolutely didn't know anything about what they were doing. So I had to, you know what I'm saying, on the spot, figure out how to cover. Gotten really good at that. I've, I've played with a lot of musicians that, you know, did not know what they were doing. And, th- and this is something that we, you know, something that we do in the UK purely, mainly because. There isn't really the budget for the UK, the small UK Cajun and Zydeco music festivals to to bring full bands over. Um, unfortunately, um, these days it used to be different. You know, in, in sort of twenty years, twenty years ago, um, it, there was a bit more money about. But you know, we the, but we've got enough. We think you know we've got some musicians that can, we can put behind Louisiana artists, and that's kind of what we do with. Um, for those that don't know, I'm also involved with organising the, the Cajun, the North Shropshire Cajun and Zydeco Big Weekend, which. Um, the festival we're referring to and the thing and, th- and that the ethos of that festival is that we that we always wanted to bring over a louisiana at least one louisiana act you know a cajun act and a, and a zydeco act or creole act um but put a, a uk band behind them and that's kind of you know and that we obviously have to try and get the buy-in from from the from the, the musicians from louisiana and a lot of musicians we've spoken to in louisiana as soon as you mention oh we you know we can't bring your full band over we'd like to bring you over and put a band behind you immediately mm. you know there's there's like a uh, it puts them off and and it's and we have yeah. sometimes it's, it's a bit of a battle um you know you have to ask them to go and speak to people like you Corey, and, and cheryl cormier yeah. um yeah. you know cheryl's played in the uk numerous times now and has played with uk musicians and she you know she knows the musicians over here and knows the, the, the quality um and but we've we've we do struggle with some musicians that we've asked to come over because they you know, they're, they're a bit scared to come over without their band and, it, and and quite rightly so it's a it's a big it's a trust thing isn't it you know you well well um i mean on one hand i understand if 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 you have a group of guys and y'all created a chemistry you know you kind of want to keep that uh locked in um so i understand they want to bring their own sound you know, as far as like the musicians, uh, the musicians that play with them on a regular basis. But like I say, I'll, I'm the kind of musician to where, you know, if I have to use another band other than my regular band, as long as they're at a certain level and we can com- we can communicate musically, meaning mm. I could tell them what key we're in and where it's moving to. If, if the song is going one, two, five, they know what I mean when they go to one, two, five. You know, yeah, I remember when we played at the big when you played the big weekend. Um, uh, the bass player we had playing was Clovis, um, Clovis Phillips. I, I think I remember at one point you saying to me, "Damn, he's telling me how to play this tune." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, that, for me that makes the world uh, world a difference. If if a musician knows, if I tell you, okay, we're going to be in the key of C and we're going one two five, and like, okay, I got it. As long as you do one two five in the key of C, I can handle the rest. 
So, I mean, I think um, I was I was brought up with uh, with with two words. When you when you're playing in a band situation, there's two words: look and listen. Yeah. You look at the people that you're playing with, and you listen to what they're playing. And as long as everyone in the band is doing that, you're fine. Yeah. There's, there's no problem. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Jim, because it reminds me of uh, a phrase that James JB Adams says all the time. He says, "You got two eyes and two ears. You could listen, <laughs> you could listen and look twice as more than you can talk." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I remember yeah. him saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, look and yeah, we'll have to we'll have, we'll have to get JB on a podcast at some point. I think we'll we'll definitely get yeah. you back, Corey, at some point, and we'll probably get you and maybe get JB on the same one as well, just for. It'll, uh, yeah. have, 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 remembering back to our um, one of our pandemic Skype calls that we had, I think it would definitely <laughs> uh, go, 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 go down really well. But this leads me on to something else, actually, um, because we've we've brought over various Zydeco and Cajun musicians to the UK, um, and we've been lucky enough. So I've specifically been lucky enough to play with not only yourself but with Leon Chavis and with um, with Wayne Singleton, with Little Wayne, um, and Howard Gilry. Um, and yeah, those guys have put, you know, put a, in the past have put great trust in us, and it's been a pleasure and an honour to be able to play with you guys. You know, it's like for an English musician who, you know, we kind of just play at it. You know, we, we we listen to the music, we like the music, we think we can just about get away with it. But um, to be able to play with you guys at the festivals over here is, you know, it's a real honour. Mm-hmm. But one question I have got is in the UK and in Europe, we see um, that Cajun music and Zydeco music goes in. Fit, you know, it goes in fads. You know, some some people get into it, and there's lots of gigs, and then it sort of dies off a little bit. It kind of goes in a, but it's a bit of a wave, really. Um, how do how do you feel um, in Louisiana? How is what's the future of Zydeco music? How is it how is it going? I mean, pandemic aside, how's um, it working out? Well, the people are still trying to, you know, gig and and do stuff like that. They still have, you know, they're trying to do festivals, and the bands are trying to to. to to keep going, you know, but it, what about the, what about the popularity of the, of the music though? I mean, just, just generally in Louisiana, um, is it a niche genre or is it, I know that it's, it's in Louisiana, it's, it's gone through phases of being extremely popular and then not so popular. And then, you know, then, then the music changes to bring in different influences to sell itself to a younger audience. How, how is that working out? Well, um, there's a, there's a few bands that, that are doing the, 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 the new the new style what i would call a new style zydeco and they're doing well with it um but uh, as far as like um the traditional side of, of things um the traditional side is, is is you know it's not as popular as the, the newer stuff but um because the newer stuff had there's a, there's something about the newer stuff that brings a different element to these venues and to you know the shows, and people are starting to realize that this element um, it might not be a great element, you mm. know, when especially people that have lived through the era where Zydeco people would go to the Zydeco and they would have fun. It was nothing but fun from from sun up to sundown. It was nothing but smiles and laughing uh, and dancing to. Um, now, you know, it's, it's not uncommon that, you know, uh, uh, that you, you know, a fight will break out, uh, a bad fight, um, a shooting. Um, well, this is, this is actually what, uh, this is kind of what I was going to lead into next, actually. Yeah. Was that there's obviously the recent shooting of Chris Ardwan on stage at a festival, you know, this year, which was like, I mean, we heard about it because of the power yeah. of social media, we heard about it immediately after it happened. And you, you know, I think you and I, Corey talked about it and you, I don't think you'd even heard about it when I, when I messaged you to, to see, to ask you about what was going on. You let me know. Yeah. And I, I mean, has that affected, um, you know, have you spoken to people? Has that affected people's uh, views of going out to certain, certain shows and certain, yeah. you know, venue? I mean, I know um, the certain scenes, uh, where pe- that some people won't go to because because you know it's not necessarily the sort of environment they want not a, maybe a family friendly environment or even a, a friendly environment that they want to be in. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm from the UK. I don't want to comment too much on that. Yeah, I've I've heard from a lot of people that said you know they're not going to go see 
shows like that anymore um, because they're, you know, they're scared of, of what could happen. Um, there was another Zydeco band that was that was playing in Houston at a trail ride. And so the, uh, there was a shooting and the bullet actually hit the bass player's amp. Like, wow. Jeez. Bass player hadn't just moved at the time he moved. You know, no telling what would have happened. You know, stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of people have uh, decided not to not to go. But like I say, there's still a lot of people that's still going. The bands are still doing well. Probably not to dwell on the sort of negative side because it's, there's actually lots of positives and you know the yeah. scene and the and the, and the and the culture and the music. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a, an amazing thing. You know, and look, Jim and I have been lucky enough to be involved in it from from the from this oh, side. Oh, from, yeah. But um, you know, there's there are so many other things going on. You know, I mean, there's like festivals. I know Blackpot was was postponed again this year, wasn't it? But you know, yeah. there's some great festivals that happen to bring people together from all over the world. Actually, not just the US and not just Louisiana, but just to just to interrupt you, just very quickly, uh, there was actually a, a group of um, of people at the Big Weekend Festival uh, this this year. Yeah, yes. that go regularly to Blackpot. Yeah, and, it's, and Which it, was is, the, it, it was the first UK or European Cajun and Zadika Fest they'd been to, but they'd been to Blackpot yeah. numerous times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mental, absolutely but, mental. Yeah. Which was for us was great because they, you know there were some young people. We do battle in the UK and Europe trying to bring younger people into these festivals yes. for some reason, mm, and it was yeah. great. It was refreshing to see some you know young people that were into the music and they and the fact they. They had not just been to Blackpot once, but they'd been to, they'd spent time in the US and around this music. Yeah, and um, and it was great. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered that, Jim, because I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's, and it's um, probably good for it's good for Corey to hear that kind of thing as well. You know, it's it's a yes. posi positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 what's funny is is uh, there was a guy called Nick um, who he plays mandolin in a folk band. Um, now, what's funny is I actually booked the folk band that Nick is with uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, he'd done his research before the gig, gets to the gig and says, hold on a minute, you play Cajun music. I says, uh, well, well, yes. How, how, how on earth do you know that? It says, ah, oh, well, you know, I did my research, went on Facebook. You play accordion. I've been to Blackpot. So, oh, wow. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I really wasn't expecting that. Turns out we had a little bit of a jam before his band went on, uh, which was, which was absolutely great. So it's, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's wanting to venture into Cajun music, but uh, I might, I might tell him to pick wow. up a fiddle or a guitar. Absolutely. It's time to tap, <laughs> tap him up. Why actually, not? Corey, there's something else I wanted to talk about, Corey. Actually, it's, um, I know you've done collaborations with um, with Cedric before. Mm -hmm. um, what have you done? Any other collab collaborations with any other musicians? Um, yeah, I'm trying to see a bunch of. I did. Um, a guest spot on uh, some of Keith Frank's stuff. Um, I played drums on Morris Lede's uh, CD, the one he did with his daughter. Um, let's see what else. Um, uh, yeah, we collaborated actually, I think it was on that same tour when we were out there with the Cajun Roosters, remember? So we did something with that. Um, yeah, so I've, I've collaborated with a couple of the people. I really would love, this is what I would love. I really would love to do a collab with my buddy, Lil Jim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how that's going to go down, Corey. Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll play accordion. You play keytar. <laughs> we'll, oh, do, right. we'll do yes. some 80s. We'll do some 80s, right? Okay. You get on the keytar. Job done, right? We'll get Andy on drums. We'll get Dan on the scrub. It'll be it'll be bloody great. <laughs> I, th I think you need to you, you need to explain about this one, Corey. About this the guitar. We obviously Jim and I know about the guitar thing, but um, <laughs> let's hear let's hear a bit about the guitar, please. The guitar. 
Um, yeah, so basically the guitar is an instrument that is basically a guitar a guitar and a keyboard put together. So they call it a, a guitar. And a lot of the bands used it, I, I believe, in the 80s for sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, about they did. I was I was I was around in the eighties. They did, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that it was <laughs> was used then. And my friend that that died not too long ago, he always he always told me, man, you need to get you a keytar. And I'm like, man, I can't bring that out to on stage. And man, they gonna they gonna laugh at me and stuff. So one day, um, I was at the music store, the one I went to today, and they had one there. So I said, let me just try it and see what's going on. And it was cool. So I said, you know what? Wrap this up. I'm taking this taking this home. <laughs> so just just a, a a question for for my own personal kind of thing. Did you did you start on a single row or piano note? I actually started on the piano accordion, the toy that my dad got. Uh-huh. Piano kind, that little piano one. Right, uh, interesting. But, but I didn't like it at first. For some reason, like at first, I did not like piano accordion. Then I went to single note, and it was a little bit easier to kind of get the idea of what to do. And then I moved to triple row because I was a big fan of rock and yeah. uh, which my grandfather played with him too in the early years. So I started doing the three row, and then came back to the piano. So it's like after I went through the single note stuff and the triple row stuff, the piano kind of started to make a little bit more sense. So like now. Piano is my favorite. Now, if I've got this right, it's 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 funny you say you you kind of transition from single note to triple note. If I've got this right, maybe I haven't, but I think Bojock played single and triple note. Mm-hmm. But I believe, <laughs> if memory serves me right, did he not? transition to a five note yeah, yeah and did. and it was saying man man I, I i i can play triple note man i need i need five note mother <laughs> i need i need eight i need eight note and, th- and there <laughs> we go ladies, ladies and gentlemen there's little jim's um impression like impression louisiana yeah, accent well, impression right there <laughs> it was terrible it was Very terrible good. round of applause <laughs> Good, very good. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. You, you, you realise we now have to hear Corey's English accent. <laughs> Come on, Corey. <laughs> I, I can't say I can't do it without saying the bad word. We'll do that for the after. Do it. Sorry, Corey, do it. Corey. I know your impression, and the word "bloody" is not is not a cuss word in the UK, so you're perfectly okay. I, I got okay. I got one. So one day we was playing at um, uh, Cafe Days. I mean, in Brobridge, like the Zydeco breakfast thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a good friend of ours, uh, we call her Spider. She she was there, and uh, uh, well, I think her real name was Barbara. Yes, well, we know Barbara very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, she was dancing, and I, can, I I don't know where she's from. You know where she's from? Um, well, she's from the UK. I, I don't actually know where, whereabouts in the UK. I think she's from sort of the well, the okay. s- sort of south of the UK, but. Barbara okay. will probably be, probably be listening to this podcast, so probably. Well, well, this this is this this, this is a, one of my favorite stories. She was dancing, right? She was having a good time, and everything was good. And she was dancing with this one guy, and he was just um, a wild dancer. It wasn't the wild man that everybody, you know. I was uh, just about to ask you, is no, it wild man? <laughs> but it wasn't him. Which he's my cousin. He's from Parks too. He's a poche. Is um, he your cousin? I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Okay. So for people that don't know, there's a guy called Wildman that goes to loads and loads of Zydeco gigs. Um, and I've, I, when I was in Louisiana and staying with Corey, we, went, we did lots of gigs there. And he was at every single show. Um, and he's just an amazing character. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it wasn't him. It was, an, it was another guy. I think he was from out of town or something like that. But they was dancing. They was having a good time. But they had like a little, uh, uh, like a light a light socket hanging from uh, the ceiling at Buck and John. I guess they, they, they normally put like a light bulb in there or something like that. But anyway, so they was dancing and the other guy, he was like waving his hands in the air and everything. And he accidentally hit it, hit that, 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 that whatever that was. And it kind of bumped Barbara on her, on her head. And I, um, I, I can remember this like it was yesterday. All I heard her say, and this is my accent for y'all. I heard her say, 
Bloody hell! <laughs> right, that I've is... heard that impression so many times over the last 10, 12 years, Corey, and never knew that was a Barbara impression. I'm sure she'll be delighted. When she hears this, I'm sure she'll be delighted to know that, that your English accent impression is, is her, <laughs> her cussing, cussing out someone banging her over the head. Brilliant. It's, it's well, I must admit, my um, my my Louisiana accent I got from Mojo, of uh, of Mojo <laughs> and Bayou Gypsies. Right. Um, yeah, that's 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 where I got my accent from. Which which um, like Mr. Mojo, Mr. Mojo. Yeah, like yeah, that. because yeah, because I'm trying to be sensible and not and not use cuss words. Right. You know, so I can't I can't really get into the accent. And you, you know. <laughs> Enjoying doing this 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 podcast, but uh, is it just me or does it seem like it's a little bit um, challenging for us three to have uh, a conversation without you a bad word here and there? I know. I think I think we're all like checking ourselves as we're talking. Yeah. For 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 the people that listen to this, like the the three of us, um, you probably gathered by now know each other quite well, which is um, part of the reason why. We got Corey on for the first podcast because it was it would make well it would make mine and Jim's lives a hell of a lot easier because we could yeah. relax and not be nervous and we knew what we kind of had a good idea what we was <laughs> what we were talking about but <laughs> but um, yes usually our private calls that we have our Skype calls Teams calls whatever um, are usually laced with yeah multiple <laughs> profanity. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I think we've done well, actually. I think we've done really well yeah. so far. I think, I, no, think it's only, I think it's only Jim that's sworn um, at sort of one point during this whole podcast. Once. Which, in, which Once. in, you know, sort of 70, 77 minutes of a podcast is pretty good going, to be honest. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> so, Corey, right, now is the time. Um, we would love you to play, if, if you're up for it, if you're okay with this, if, if you could, you know, up for playing some a, a bit of a tune and a bit of a, give us a bit of a song. Yeah. Um, because there are there are going to be people. Uh, I mean, not I'm not claiming that lots of people can listen to this podcast because you know there's there's, there's a, a rule of thumb that when you, if you create a podcast that the you like you know the most people you get listened to are, are 150 people maximum and they're always people that you know. So, but there's a good chance that there's new people listening to this and so that oh. aren't aware aren't necessarily aware of, of, of Zydeco music and or your music and it would be it'd be lovely if we could hear. Something maybe something off your new album, maybe I don't know, but if you if you're keen to uh, do that, but let's see. Uh, I don't have that accordion next. I have uh, this my my new accordion is a oh. a Michel brand accordion by Andre Michel. Okay. Oh, I saw the picture of that. Oh, it looks lovely. Yeah, it's it's uh, black with gold bellows. Um, That's it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it kind of has like an old school kind of look to it, which which I kind of like. Mm. Nice. You know, um, I, I like, I like, um, I didn't, I didn't know I would like it as much as I, I do, um, but I like the fact that it, it definitely looks like an accordion somebody would have played, probably back in the seventies or early eighties. Nice. So, uh, so, 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 what are you going to play for us then, Corey? Um, let's see, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds so nice. And it's in the the key of G. So for those that aren't aware, this this is a what Corey would uh, would uh, would call a single note, and in the UK would call a single row, um, or uh, or four stop um, uh, melodion in in England, um, but in Louisiana this is a single note accordion. Yeah. Thank you. 
Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very Brilliant. much, Corey. Thank you, thank you. So, um, I think it's about time to wrap up. To be honest, I think um, <laughs> yeah, it's getting quite late. <laughs> I mean, it's for Corey. Has been, you know, he hasn't had his dinner yet. You know, he's probably. Uh, <laughs> he's, probably he's got the whole night ahead of him. K- Kelly's probably probably got the food on. He's probably going cold. I imagine. But. Well, I mean, today is Friday, so. <laughs> well, indeed, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not going to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> God Christ! That, 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 that one goes out to Dan and Margot. Um, so I, I think this is a perfect time to wrap up now, and we definitely, we definitely will get you back, Corey, um, another time, yeah. um, and probably with um, with JB on the on the yeah. on the line as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's been an absolute pleasure. It's really, I'm really, you know, we're really yes. honoured to be, to be able to. Yeah, that you've been able to do this and agree to do this podcast and to be our first yes. guest on the, the Get yes. Your Roots Out podcast. Thank you. I, thought, Thank I think you. we've definitely got your roots out tonight. Um, this, <laughs> you've definitely, <laughs> definitely managed to have definitely um, given the audience something to, to learn anyway, listen to. But, um, Thank you all. So that's no, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Little Jim and Andy are getting down to roots from the tip of andy's flat cap to the soles of little jim's boots so pull up a chair let down your hair turn on tuning and get down to